You're listening to MSP Survivalist, and today we're going to be talking about triage, your preparation and response to data breach. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. Yes, let me go ahead and introduce our guest for today. We've got Adam Stufflick. Adam, do we have you? You bet. I am here. Great. Thanks for joining us today. And Nate Forage. Nate, do we have you online? Yep, I am here. Uh, bright, and, bright and early at your time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are on some different uh, timelines, but we managed to pull it all together. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about triage and responding to data loss emergencies. It's a compelling topic, especially for MSPs, if they have a a breach and how to respond to that. Or maybe uh, one of their clients has has a breach and and needs to respond to that. Adam, can you walk me through a scenario where somebody discovers that they've had a data breach? We're talking about two different scenarios. We're talking MSP breach and, and customer breach. The MSP breach, they're probably going to see it because people start getting locked out of things. Guys can't do their work, um, you know, then panic ensues. The other side of the pole, customers can't do anything. They're locked out. Their stuff starts coming back with weird extensions and pop-ups on their screen saying, give us money. The reaction to both of those are probably going to be way different. Adam, what's your experience in responding to MSPs and data breaches? I would say it kind of goes down to the standard operating procedure. And what I mean by that is it's a big team, right? There could be even a small team, but uh, it's very important to have everything documented. Who's going to be on call, uh, which to me is probably the most important. I think even Nate can reflect on that today when there's outages or breaches or whatever that's causing uh, alarms to go off. Who needs to be notified? And is there a cycle on that, right? Uh, Is there backups to that cycle? Like if I don't answer, does Nate answer or vice versa? Uh, Emails, texts, calls. It's first of all, it's acknowledging that it's actually existing in my opinion. And then what you're going to do after that. Right. So you're, 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 you think there's a, obviously a huge amount of importance on the internal communications and and kind of building a plan behind that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Automated manual uh, because sometimes automation can fail Uh, so yeah definitely acknowledging it and then the order of who's going to do what and when yeah i just want to add this is not really on the msp side of things but it goes right along with this type of triage and how to identify problems and how to deal with it we'll take something that happened yesterday the the quote-unquote great facebook outage of 2021 (laughs) uh that just happened yesterday october 4th uh so i've i've just been reading some of the stuff that that happened and and what caused it and that type of thing and what caused it was some automation thing on their their end you know getting getting through their their code review process and everything else but where i want to kind of focus and, and and where this is this whole podcast is focusing on is post you know what what happens when that happened you know the entire facebook infrastructure everything's down and they're going to be in meetings for for weeks because of what happened here um the the one of the things that i'm reading is their entire infrastructure is down which means all of their security procedures were down so all their badges to get into the data centers and all of the things that they've done to lock down their infrastructure, you know, via uh, routers, you know, switches, all this stuff, the, the things that they needed to get into to, in order to fix 
the thing that was down or even to get into the data center itself was all the infrastructure behind it was down so they couldn't actually get in there and fix it as quickly as they needed to wow i i've i've, he- I've heard reports of them taking like uh angle grinders to doors to try to get in and then all this other stuff <laughs> uh so th- this kind of goes on the same same wavelength of how these msps need to plan for you know disasters like this and, and to triage at once once it's actually hit you know you, you can't always assume your single sign-on is going to be up and up and running you can't assume that your password recorder or or IT glue or what have you that you have all your documentation is up and running. What happens when that's down and everything else is is on fire around you? You have to mm-hmm. have that uh, that that backup there, Wh- whether it's you know uh, pen and paper in in a in a safe or what have you. It, it, you you have to be able to consider what happens when the world really is on fire around you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, point Nate, I actually haven't even looked into all the all the drama behind the Facebook situation that took place. So that's that's really interesting to hear. And, and so you you guys think that a lot of that communications prep, the kind of the, the chain of command, that's all part of what we consider like a, a data breach response plan. Well, it, it certainly could. You know, um, in this case, you know, it wasn't a breach or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. a, a a different type of uh, issue, but that the response plan and knowing what to deal with and how to deal with it is, is just the same. You know, if it's data breach, yeah, I need to do X, Y, and Z. You have to contact A, B, and C companies to do this. Oh, but I need to recover, mm. but I can't recover because my my DHCP server or, or whatever to get my backup server up and running to do, do the restore is down so i can't even get to the internet to get to the cloud to download my stuff you, you have to plan for you know worst case scenarios and and have have, have things ready so you can triage and and recover mm-hmm. and are, are most msps that you guys work with doing this on, on physical paper are they doing it using software tools to a, accomplish their preparation or a combination yeah, they're kind of doing a combination. They do have some type of centralized documentation, right, that everybody can get into mm-hmm. remotely or on site or whatever it may be. But like Nate was saying, like that stuff can become unreachable. Right. And I don't know if a lot of these guys have a backup plan to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these guys are just one man shops, too. Right. So their approach to chaos is going to be a little bit different than mm-hmm. the guys that actually have a team uh, team being. I mean, heck, it could be two people. It could be 10 people. But. I, I feel like most of them have a pretty good grasp, but I don't feel it ever really gets tested either enough. Uh, just mm. like honestly testing restores, I don't think that gets done enough. But I also don't think people test their actual uh, disaster plan and not just data recovery. I mean, I guess to do that, you actually have to be it'd be kind of a simulation, right? It'd be a simulation of a data breach or a disaster scenario. Sure. Well- you could do it like a, uh, I'll call it like a tabletop exercise. Say, say you have like 10, 15 customers, something like that. And then you write down, you know, maybe 20 different types of quote unquote disasters, data breaches, you know, what have you, um, that, that could possibly happen that you could see possibly happen and then try to go through, you know, a random one, maybe once a quarter or something like that with, with that customer. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I, I do think the customer should be involved in that too, right? I think it shows your worth, um, you know, because they want everything they possibly can for the money that they're giving you, right? I think most people want value for stuff. And I to me, that shows an immense amount of value, in my opinion. Like you know, if, if I was investing in an MSP and they had something like that, because then I have real world numbers, mm-hmm. right? I know expectations roughly. How long am I going to be out or what do I expect the damage to be or how far behind I will be with the data recovery or whatever. So I think that's huge to do what Nate was just saying, like tabletop it out, get real world numbers, get them in front of your team and the customer. Um, I think that'd be that's perfect. Yeah. Another thing that that kind of does is it kind of helps put the onus on the customer, too, because you might have every tool in the world, you know, looking for data breaches and such like that. But you don't know Susie in in accounting, you know, picking up a phone and, and giving someone, you know, their password or, or what have you or, or something to get in because, you know, it, it's it's the Microsoft team that needs to get into her, to her machine and and do something that that education on the customer side and to educate them that, you know, if something happens, you know, if, if something weird happens like that or someone gets in or, or something looks weird, you know, what do I need to do as a customer to contact you to take right. care of it? Right. Going through the plan execution together. And I think we could take it back to what we all probably experienced in school. Look at the fire drills they had. Or if you're in the Midwest like I was, uh, hey, there's tornado drills. So during these drills, they're not also... They're not just seeing how we as, you know, young, probably crazy kids were acting, but how are the staff controlling us? How are they leading us? Uh, Who went first? Who went last? Um, How are we going to assure that every student's there, right? Like they could break it down as simple as that to have a drill and just do like Nate said, internal tabletop it. This is what happens. What happens next, guys? Right. It's like a test. It's just. And it doesn't have to be elaborate and crazy. I mean, yes, there is software out there that does all that stuff with you. But I think if you just take it back to the basics, like the fire drill days, I think you could uh, shore up, you know, any ends that were loose and things like that real easily. Sure. Well, I imagine these you know, smaller MSPs don't have the may not have the resources to go to be putting tens of thousands of dollars into to, to something that they could, you know, recreate internally as well. So. Oh yeah, exactly. Like again, the one, two, three man shops—they're um, not going to do stuff like that. Honestly, I, I can't see it happening. As an MSP, that sounds a little tenuous to me about what your responsibilities would be. If you're a small shop, I imagine being careful about you know making recommendations to the customer. I'm, am I way off on that? <laughs> no, I mean that's actually very valid because I think all that stuff needs to be put out front as you approach the customer and continue the life cycle of the customer is agreements, expectations. Um, all these things are important. I think I don't think it happens enough, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people kind of fly by the seat of their pants just because they really don't maybe have the time in their mind because maybe they are a one-man or two-man shop and stuff like that, and they don't feel like they're big enough, mm-hmm. uh, which is a whole nother, I think, podcast showing worth uh, because you are worth something and if you just get these base agreements and get them in front of customers and expectations and things that goes so far and it does cover your butt, right? In case you do have an instance, uh, you know what to expect or your customer knows what to expect. I do think you should have all this stuff lined out all on an agreement, something they sign uh, both digitally and physically have records of this type of stuff for sure. Sure. 
It's going to kind of outline a general scenario if a breach were to take place. This is what the MSP's responsibility would be. And these are the type of actions we would do. We would help you to identify it and contain it or, or otherwise. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a 5,000 foot view of it, right? The stuff that actually is entailed to this, probably notebooks full of stuff. Again, showing worth, in my opinion, is so big in MSP land right now because there's so many MSPs. Like, what's going to separate you apart from the others? And it's stuff like that documentation, testing, mm-hmm. you know, proving that you can actually meet that emergency if it ever happens. Another thing that I think more MSPs are interested in and kind of seeing and investigating a little bit is what type of insurance they actually need to take into consideration with this. Because you brought up kind of a good point of how liable is that MSP? And are there specific things that your insurance provider as an MSP require of you in order to not be liable or to be covered or or anything like that? That needs to be looked at and, and probably taken care of. Same type of quarterly type of uh, review is, hey, has anything changed since I got this policy, that type of thing? Anything else that needs to be covered customer-wise also? So I think that there's there's a little bit of thinking that needs to be done there too, because that could impact how you triage some of these data breaches and other things for your liability purposes. Sure, I, I imagine nobody wants to take an action to later find out that they've somehow invalidated their, their cyber insurance, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, even carrying insurance itself is just another huge tool in the toolbox when trying to acquire customers. Like, that'll get your foot in the door probably faster than some guy that doesn't, right? That could be an immediate rebuttal if someone's like, well, I already have a guy, right, that's covering all my stuff. Well, does he have insurance? I mean, <laughs> that right well, there. It's, it's, it's just thinking. like, a, you know, insurance and bonded contractor, you know? Yeah. Or, or, or is it Joe Blow off the street that, uh, yeah, I could fix that. You know, it'll be 20 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and can he fix it? Sure. But then three months down the road when it breaks, there's no warranty. There's no nothing to fall back on. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I would imagine in these, these cases of, you know, more of the more highly regulated type of industries, healthcare, legal, finance. Oh, yeah. I, I think with HIPAA and stuff like that, right? Because that's an ever growing contract or document. Uh, pretty soon, I, I could totally see um, insurance mandate of a sort on uh, companies when, without a doubt. Well, if I remember right, uh, it's going to be a a little fuzzy here, but um, there was uh, one state, maybe it was uh, Louisiana, that was specifically putting rules in place for MSPs and how they are liable in some cases for breaches and that type of thing. Uh, There was a lot of talk about that. It it was probably about a year ago or something like that. Uh, Yeah, that was Louisiana. Uh, You're right. Ah, Louisiana. Yep, yep, yep. Interesting. Definitely growing regulations in that regard. But I think it actually went into effect. Wow. Uh, we could do more digging on that, but I'm almost certain it's an actual law. I'm kind of in my mind trying to think of like a list of the top five things you need to be creating internally. Mm-hmm. Clearly, one would be your emergency response group, right? And then number two, kind of the chain of command, who, like you said, who's on call, who's being contacted first. And documentation. Documentation above all. Because uh, you're going to probably hire new guys, right? Uh, sometimes it's a high turnaround. Sometimes it's stressful. Maybe you're growing and bringing on more people. All these people need to be able to come on board, look at your documentation, and have a clear understanding of what's ex- expected to be done. So documentation virtually, right? Uh, some type of sharing software, password, obviously locked like crazy. 
Um, and then a physical document, like Nate was saying, throw it in a safety deposit box, right? If all hell breaks loose and no one has access to stuff, then you can get in the bank and get the physical copy. Well, and, and I think when you onboard new new employees as an MSP, that's the perfect test. You know, hey, here's our documentation. You sh- that, that new employee should be able to go through that and they should be able to give you an idea of what they need to do if something like, you know, if something happens and if, if it's not clear to them, it might not be clear to anyone what, when it actually happens. Yeah, it could be like your your three guys, right? You know each other, you know that this procedure's in your head and you've been working with each other enough and that stuff just kind of makes sense to you, you think. But yeah, getting that outside viewpoint would be, well, I guess he's inside because he got hired, but he or she has no clue and to look at that documentation and have a clear understanding if it's clear to them then you you probably did it pretty good but yeah that's an excellent point well guys i think we've covered quite a bit of ground today on things that msp should be thinking about in regards to data breach preparation including those internal communications communications with clients documentation building your emergency response plan any final thoughts for our msps that might be listening today Adam? I would say just don't fall behind. Uh, Stay diligent on new procedures, new processes, hardware, things like insurance, right? We just talked about that. That's relatively new, I think, to a lot of MSPs. Some of these big guys that are out there probably already have a grasp on it. But, um, you know, you got to stay knowledgeable uh, and, and utilize that and bring that to your workspace. Nate? I would say one of the biggest things is when new hardware, new things happen, um, not immediately updating that plan. So it, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, we, we got that. We'll, we'll, yeah, we got, got XYZ piece of hardware in or we're, we opened up XYZ thing and, and, and that's another intrusion point, but we don't immediately think to update our, our plans for that after we get everything configured and documented. It needs to be automatic as part of that deployment of new piece of har- hardware, software, or employee. Understood. Those documents can't be static. They've got to continue to evolve. Well, guys, I think we're going to go ahead and close it out today. Sounds good. Thanks, Sean. I'm really glad we were all able to get together and talk about some of the things that MSPs should be considering as they prepare for the possibility of data breach and other disaster scenarios. Please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and let us know if there's a topic that you'd like to see us cover in the future. Thanks for listening. See you next time.